0: What do you say you and me take a walk over to the tavern? Let's pull up a chair.
1: (laughs) A little something to eat.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the Mouse and Castle. Come on, Johnny, what are we waiting for? This is a gathering place for fans of all things Disney. So sit back, chow down, have some sips and chit-chat about the magical world created by Walt Disney. Disney. Too long I've been parched of
1: thirst that I'm able to quench it. <laughs> you know, the last time we were on the Mouse and Castle podcast, we were all talking about how Riley, yours truly, was done with Disney. Not really, but you know, like it's gotten so expensive. You can't do these trips anymore like I've been before. There's, uh, There's no... Particular incentive right now, as you know, we did we had our gripes and complaints on the last episode. We and did I, some Disney bashing. We a little bit. I think the most we've ever done on the Mouse and Castle. Didn't we podcast.
0: apologized at the end, though.
1: We did, we did, and I apologized in the best way possible since that podcast episode by uh, having just returned from <laughs> Disney trips <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> again,
1: once again. You're- well.
0: <laughs> You're, my, I'm going to start losing Disney cred because you're, you're taking all these trips, you're going to Hawaii, you're going to Disney like on a random weekend hmm. now. Like, What's happening? Well, we
1: can solve that by planning yet another Disney trip.
0: <laughs> which okay. is true. Which We, we do are, have one on the books.
1: Which is uh, also the case. Well, hey, everybody. If you're tuning in for the first time, this is the Mouse and Castle podcast. We like to talk all things Disney. I'm your host, Riley. And uh, sitting across from me, at least virtually on the Skype machine, it's Mr. Aaron Goins. Aaron, welcome back. Thank you uh you know it, i i laugh but like legit i just got back from a trip a, a more or less spontaneous trip to disney and then we found out that the wine and dine's coming back and we've planned yet another trip uh before the year's out so you know what they're 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 winning <laughs> is
0: what i'm saying it, yeah it just doesn't i've said it before it doesn't feel right if you don't have a disney trip on the calendar
1: uh, no it does not and and fortunately it's like
0: six months out a year Um, out as long as there's something planned right yeah
1: yeah no well and we do now so uh but that's what we're going to on this episode we've got we've got a lot of disney news too that's happened in the last month Uh, i'm going to recap a few interesting experiences and observations i have from my most most recent trip and what i would describe as the first post social distancing post limited capacity post mask mandate disney um it's an it was an interesting experience and I have a few observations that I wanted to share with you guys and also um you know we did that segment talking about the the early rumors about fast passes well it's looking a little more concrete mm-hmm. as to the idea of a paid fast pass mm-hmm. system which I'm most interested in your take and don't forget we got to do Aaron we got to do a quick hit review on Luca, spoiler alert: the whole review is pretty much going to be it's a great movie, I love it, go watch it. But um, <laughs> it's a real cute uh, movie. We both had the chance to see it, so let's dig in um, with with I guess probably the, the the highest interest item, what I've seen the most buzz about. I like to think we were, you know, you know, Mickey views the YouTube browsing. He 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 was onto something, I think, because that was some that was the first person I saw talking about this, and it was a lot of conjecture based on the lack of news but I think we have some more concrete evidence straight from uh, the Motley Fool, my favorite Disney reporting website.
0: It's so weird to me that you use them for Disney information.
1: I do. I just like their style. They have a very numbers and business oriented reporting style. Um, But yes, will Disney world start charging for fast pass? That's the question. Now, the primary key, here's the big change, and it's, it's garnered tons of speculation. So here's the deal, folks. Disneyland Paris has just um, announced that they will start charging for access to expedited queues on a ride-by-ride basis. So um, the catalyst uh, for this event uh, post-reopening is, is, is here, and Disneyland Paris is the first to introduce... Um, their own version of a pay-to-play fast pass system. It's called Disney Premier Access. It gives buyers the ability to shave their wait times by reserving a spot at a de- dedicated fast lane. It's far. It's a far more lucrative platform than Max Pass, and it may just be a matter of time before Disney's most visited theme park resorts follow suit. Your thoughts, Mr. Aaron Goins?
0: <laughs> well. I was not too concerned when I thought maybe Disney World would go to kind of the Disneyland type system, mm-hmm. because every time I go to Disneyland, I pay for that max pass. Yes. It's just a given. Like, I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to utilize that to get my fast passes. And it's kind of just built into the expected cost.
1: Yes. And it was ten, it was t- it's 10 bucks per day.
0: Okay. I was going to say, I couldn't remember what they're charging now, but I know, I think the last time I was there was $10, which, yeah. you know, that can add up, but. When I go to Disneyland, it tends to be a quick trip. you know I'm not out in California too often, mm-hmm. usually there for an event, so I'll go to Disneyland for like one or two days. so adding that extra ten to 10, twenty bucks yeah. isn't a huge deal to me um, but the way I'm hearing it, what they're doing in Paris is it's a little more concerning hmm. because it's a per ride per person charge, yeah and the the quoted rates I saw were anywhere between ten to fifteen dollars per ride
1: yeah i've got it right here uh pretty straightforward once you're inside one of the two french parks you can fire up the disneyland paris app see what's available for purchase because uh, there will be limited availability based on you know how many they can sell per day and you would pay between nine and eighteen dollars per person for access to the shorter line for a desired attraction at a designated return window complete the experience and you can make another premium reservation. So it is one reservation at a time, it looks like. So I don't think you can like book out an entire day of Fast Passes way in advance. So in that way, it's similar to the Max Pass, which is where you make your reservation, and then you come back at your time slot, and then you can make another one. It's kind of a one-at-a-time prospect. But the big difference, you're right, is that per-ride charge.
0: Yeah, so if you go with a you know a family of four And if you're saying that some of the rides are 18, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big upcharge for one ride. Yeah. You know, if you're going to Disney by yourself, maybe not. You know, okay, okay, do I go grab quick service meal or do I go on this ride? You know, that's about the same amount of cost you have there. Yeah. But even that, I would probably be less likely to do it if it wasn't just a single charge that would apply to everything versus just a per ride. I guess... I could see maybe like Rise of the Resistance, that type of a ride where you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I really, really want to ride this ride. I can guarantee a spot if I pay this, you know, fifteen bucks. Yeah, I could see doing that, but to actually do it for more than one ride, they've sort I, that's of that's just a really you're. We're talking about Disney being too expensive. That's really adding to that case. Yes, that it's way it too is expensive if you're talking about that.
1: Well, and I want to I want to highlight this fact. I think it's it's sort of been sneaking up on us, and, and allow me to put on my my Disney conspiracy theory hat for a second, Aaron, because when you think about it, with the flagship rides recently, they've already been introducing the behavioral pattern, the guest behavior, where at a certain time of day you reserve your spot, um, and that's continued even with the death of the old FastPass system during COVID. But they've kept, like for a perfect example, Rise of Resistance, where you, you know, queue up at 7 a.m. and you go in and get in line, get your spot digitally. So it's a behavior we're already used to doing. And, so, and the other piece that they're making us used to from a behavioral perspective, which is I think how, the, how, how they would make this decision, is they've already introduced the idea of tying in your credit card to the Disney app and doing all of your food orders through the app. And so the idea of making the Disney app, the Disney World app, the Disneyland app, the portal through which you can just click a button and spend money really conveniently, I, I think for the, for the consumer that's heading to Disney and they're in the park and they see, oh, you know, the kids are crying. It's really hot. Am I just going to hit this little button that says 10 bucks and I can jump onto Splash Mountain right now? Come on, I, I, people are going to do this.
0: I mean, it's legitimately premier access, and that's if that's what they're selling it as. It's like, hey, this is our, you know, platinum thing that we offer people that can afford it. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that because I'm not that person, you know, I, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, but then the other end of the spectrum is not having a fast pass system at all. For the commoners, (laughs) and then you have the middle of middle of the ground that I would prefer is if they did have some sort of a fast pass system that is included in the the admission. But there's an expectation that I'm not going to get on every ride I want to get on. I'm going to have to try to you know jump in early, book my three, hope I can get on Flight of Passage. You know that system worked for you know kind of the the normal Disney goer, and I think they're now if they take that away. I wouldn't mind the platinum, you know, premier access as an addition to but mm-hmm. when you're taking one away and yes. replacing it with something that's unattainable for a lot of people. Here's the that's route. Gonna
1: yeah. here's the. To that's definitely, that's the route to success. Cause I think both you and I are realists in that we embrace the future of, I think Bob Chapek's Disney is going, he's literally in the CEO spot because of his ability and his reputation to, Turn an incredible profit at the parks that they had never seen before. So, we're I think we're realist in that we expect the route of the premium access, the pay to play for the premium experience. But I think your point is well taken, Eric, in that there's a way to do this, there's a way to offer new special um, pay to play services like a premier access fast pass, but don't take away what. I think regular park goers have come to uh, expect which is why I think the perfect solution to something like this is return to the fast pass and let people have their three or maybe at least one or two free fast passes that you can book ahead of time like you normally could but then for those who also want to pay to play um, you can reserve more and pay for that privilege I think that's the key here
0: yeah I feel like they really need to if they they really need to sell this. Mm, yes. You know, they need to have a great marketing campaign around this if they don't want there to be some sort of a uproar from, you know, the typical Disney goers because the typical Disney goers are people like us.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: A, a lot of who's going to Disney are people that love Disney. They're either locals that go all the time or people who live close enough to travel there all the time. Yeah. You know, going, a f- you know, a couple times a year. And when we're spending that much money to do that, and they're already raising ticket prices, but then they're taking away some, you know, what used to be built into the general admission. Mm-hmm. They're going to take that away only to replace it with something that is adding to the cost of general admission. So I hope that's not what they're doing. Just because they're doing it in Paris doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be doing that in Disney World. There yeah. could still be, you know, a revamp of the fast Pass system and then an addition of the Premier Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that could still happen. But obviously the rumors are that FastPass is going away.
1: Yeah. So. I I really do hope. But if you're a realistically speaking, I think we'll probably see something like the, the Disneyland Paris implementation. Which and we'll see. We'll see. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna be too pessimistic, but it's kind of related. This other story I wanted to to at least touch base on because it's very similar is is the announcement of new early park entry and extended evening hours at Disney World. So um the Disney parks blog just announced new benefits for staying at the resort hotels. So once again, you can have an early park entry on select days, um, as a benefit for all guests staying at any Disney resort hotel, as well as select, you know, good neighbor hotels like the other partner hotels for the, the early access to the parks. And this begins October 1st and it'll take place at every theme park. Um, Previous literature has stated that this is an extra half hour. However, most recent blog post says it does not state a specific time. So it could be as much as an hour, probably not more, as little as half an hour early. But again, a great way to have a benefit if you're staying at one of the theme parks, which is something that we're used to. But they're also on the other side of this coin announcing extended evening hours, which I feel like I've heard of this being a thing before, and maybe I'm just thinking of the, the extended, you know, early opening hours. But for the extended evening hours, they're opening up where you can stay late after park closes. If you're staying at, wait for it, deluxe Disney resorts and deluxe resort villas, aka Disney Vacation Club goers, pretty much, <laughs> or those of you who are shelling out for a Grand Floridian, you know, villa. Um, but that that is a new benefit that, uh, as I understand, hasn't been there before. Again, Aaron, in line with what you're talking about is offering something new for those who are paying for the experience but not taking away what previous park goers have come to expect.
0: Right, yeah. And I'm all for these additional hours. I think it's great. I don't typically stay at a Disney hotel. Yeah. So it's not a benefit I t- typically take advantage of, but I have been able to in the past, even some of the you know, Disney Springs hotels Mm -hmm. um you know those like the hilton there right across from disney springs yeah i stay there sometimes so i do get to take advantage of that perk occasionally so i'm glad that that some of that's coming back um so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i i wish that it would be just you know the the extra hours at the end of the night would be cool too for just you know people that are staying at any disney resort
1: yeah well and i think that would be um I, I, I think this is a fair, a much more fair example than what I fear what they're going to do with fast passes, because this is just a nice benefit. Um, if you're doing that, I, I, I really do. Yeah. Um, I would definitely appreciate if I was staying at the grand Floridian. Well, and here's the other thing I I, I was having this thought, having only recently stayed at a deluxe, um, uh, Disney resort, which is the only one I've ever stayed at is grand Floridian, but like, it's nice. But when you think about like, what people normally think of as a five-star deluxe resort experience, Grand Floridian, as amazing as it is, I would say it falls under the expectations of what the industry currently has as a standard. And so I think a lot of the times you're, Disney's going to continue to find ways to attract people to the premium resorts, this being the perfect example, when you know the accommodations themselves aren't necessarily the biggest selling point, especially if you're not at the resort that much. Um, I know different people do the Disney vacations differently, but like if you're going there for three or four days, but you're going to the parks every day and you don't really get to experience the, the resort, I could see why they need to offer other um, incentives to make the, the, the deluxe resorts attractive, especially at the price rates at, at the prices that they, they have.
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah. I looked up rates for, you know, we were talking about going to the the race mm-hmm. know, in October and I'm looking at rates and I'm like I don't know who can afford to stay in deluxe hotels like <laughs> some of the rates I'm sure they jack the rates up for special events like that but still
1: no but you they're know,
0: some of, you're talking about for a thousand dollars a night yeah they they're some of these
1: they're crazy expensive crazy expensive and I um but you know that's that I think is one of their biggest money makers is these these deluxe resorts like um I mean you think of a full family or a family reunion where the folks you know book three or four rooms at the grand floridian or some of those villas uh i know we've talked about disney vacation club which i have an update for you that i will save for the the last segment of the show but i think you'll be interested aaron and you might even be slightly vindicated <laughs> so we'll, we'll get back there but um and, and a quick uh, note on the resorts they actually also just as of today earlier today as we're recording this announced the reopening the long-awaited reopening for all-star music sports and for porter Orleans, riverside and french quarter um so some of the long closed resorts finally reopening over the next few months uh by the christmas holiday season um so I think um, definitely the demand's up, the attendance is way up, and they are meeting that with the you know reopening the final remaining resorts that were still closed. Disney is slowly getting back to normal. Mm, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Uh, and you mentioned it, Run Disney uh, races return. They've announced uh, well a whole slew of races. I was surprised at how much info we got. We've been waiting so well, not patiently. We've been waiting rather impatiently <laughs> for updates about the run disney races because it's a tradition we love we love going to the wine and dine and and i'd honestly given up aaron that it was going to happen uh but they announced um the official return and it starts this year they are going to do a 2021 racing season with the uh wine and dine half marathon and the after party that we've all come to expect i'm pretty freaking excited
0: yeah i was holding out for this one i th- it seemed like they were purposely holding off turning it into a 100% virtual race, which they had done with the previous ones. And so until they announced it as a virtual race, I was holding out hope that they would announce it as an in-person. And I know a lot of people just assumed that the first in-person would be the, the full marathon in January. But I still had a little bit of hope in it. Sure enough, that uh-huh. the news dropped and they they announced that you know we got in-person for Ryan and dime We got in person for the the regular marathon, princess mar- half marathon, and then also a new race they're doing in the spring. Mm-hmm. It's kind of replacing the uh, what has traditionally been the Star Wars race the past few years. Mm. Um, it looks like they're not doing the Star Wars themed race anymore, and they're doing this kind of random, you know, you, you don't know what you're getting kind of thing. I think they're just leaving it where they can get a little bit creative with that race and not always have it be the same theme.
1: Yes, I think so. That's I, I think so. That that one, you know, disappointed as a big Star Wars guy, but I think it's the right move. Yeah, um, we
0: got to do the Star Wars race.
1: Yeah, and Star twice, Wars, right? you know, as huge Star Wars fans, we can admit this, it's fading away from from uh, top-tier pop culture relevance. Um,
0: yeah, and I think by making it a an open-ended kind of thing that they can do, Mm-hmm. they could put anything there you know it could be a star wars race every once in a while but maybe they do a marvel one maybe they do like a pixar one or something um you know, some, use some of the other properties and yeah. i think that would be cool so i'm I'm definitely fine with them kind of nixing the the star wars as an annual event
1: yeah no it makes sense and, and but the next one up like i say um the wine and dine half marathon weekend powered powered by aftershocks uh takes place <laughs> november 4th through 7th um, the theme of the, uh, the race is Wickedly Delicious, uh, themed on Disney villains. Experience some ghoulish fun at the Walt Disney World Resorts, right at the start of the world's most magical celebration, to which Aaron and Riley said, yes, we will. Thank you very much. And immediately <laughs> got Disney tickets and are making our park reservations for <laughs> that weekend.
0: It will be very interesting to see how hard it is to get uh, registration for the race because I think yes. my guess is that it won't be uh, – they won't be allowing as many people because they still – in a lot of the fine print for this, they said they expect that there still could be social distancing. There could still be masks required depending on what's going on at the time. Yes. And so I do – I don't expect it to be the typical twelve to 13,000 people that they, that they let run it uh they're probably going to be a, a smaller number and people are pent up. There hasn't been an English mm-hmm. race in quite a while, so everyone's going to want to run this race. So that website is going to crash. Yeah. Uh, no. When they open up registration, which I believe is the 13th.
1: The 13th. Good luck everybody. We're going to be trying um <laughs> but, yeah. but regardless, I think we're going for
0: the 10k this time, so that's going to be harder because I know the 10k typically sells out faster than the half.
1: I know. Yeah. That's uh it's going to be it's going to be tough, but I think um, yeah, general registration is July 13th. Uh, they also have the special early registration for the new... And I still don't fully understand what it is.
0: But it's for the goal, It's like a Gold Club membership that they're doing now yeah. that they just introduced, I think, last year. Um, With, as a, it's an incentive for people to, you know, once again, Disney had Premier Access, if you... <laughs> if you pay and i forget how much it is but it's not a, it's not an insignificant amount mm-hmm. um to be a gold member of of Run Disney then you get basically guaranteed registration for yeah. for the race so yeah
1: mm, yeah well <clears throat> once again an opportunity <laughs> to shell out some more money <laughs> um yeah but go those figure. gold
0: memberships are sold out so even if you wanted to snag one now to guarantee mm-hmm. the race you can't it's yeah. sold out so
1: yeah, you know, people listen. They they'll keep selling it as long as people keep buying it. So I know
0: that's what the problem is.
1: I think we need to stop. <laughs> stop <laughs> enabling. We're <laughs> enabling. Yeah, we do. We we've got to. We're like we're the worst enablers. We are. <laughs> All right, um, let's do it. A quick take on Disney's latest. Well, Pixar's latest film, Luca. <laughs> Open. wow Luca ah! that was hard to watch you uh coming this summer you're invited to uh Rosso. Aaron I have to ask you um in the in the realm of uh, <laughs> adorableness, to make up a word, is definitely something that's been present in plenty of Pixar films. But there's, I know there was something a little different about Luca, and I'm still not sure what it is. But it seemed, it seemed like a unique, unusual film that didn't fit into the, the template that a lot of Pixar movies are. And I'm still trying to put my finger on it. I've, I gotta ask you, what, what did you think?
0: I really liked it a lot. mm mm-hmm. I wasn't expect, or not that I wasn't expecting to like it. I just kind of went in thinking, hmm, maybe this will be a good one, maybe not. The previews made it look interesting, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I just didn't, I didn't go in with super high hopes. So I was very pleasantly surprised. How you said adorable, it's a perfect word to describe it. Um, mm. Cute is another one I would use. It's very, it was a fun one to watch with my kids, um, and you know, that kind of fish out of water literally fish out of water story is um you know kind of resonated so mm-hmm. yeah i i liked it a lot
1: you know and i think it had a very sort of it had an innocence to it that i really appreciated because it really wasn't an op- overcomplicated story and the, the the stakes were pretty low even even by um by by Pixar standards cuz we think about the last one uh onward it was a a, very, a sort of very dramatic tale about the role of fatherhood and father figures, and you know the the you know the parents didn't die in this one.
0: <laughs> yeah, spoiler like, alert. Yeah, you're right. In uh, Onward, you know they're literally trying to bring their dad back from the dead. Yeah, you know that's that's pretty heavy stuff. As as light hearted as that movie was, you know Pixar tends to play in both. You know the... They can be very silly and fun, but it's also there's usually some sort of a darkness to the movie or, or some sort of uh, sadness. And not that this movie didn't have more dramatic moments, but really, you're right. It, it was very much lighter fare. Um, yeah. And I, I had some moments where I got, you know, there, just like any Pixar movie, you're going to have moments where you get a little bit emotional. But it was more about, you know, kind of the relating to the story or relating to the friendship that was in the story or the Mm. sacrifice that someone's willing to make. So someone else can succeed. Yeah. Um, that was really what resonated in in where I felt emotion and not necessarily like, Oh, somebody died or, you know, that type of thing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it was, it was really well done.
1: Yeah. It was, it was really cute. Like the, the, um, I'm not going to get into big spoiler territory, but I want to set context, especially if you guys only saw it once. Um, or haven't seen it? I'll, I'll give some context without spoilers, but I, the idea of the the two primary characters of Luca Luca and Alberto Alberto, it's hard not to try to do it in Italian, so I'm not gonna lie. Um, but like their whole like basically the idea is just showing Luca the surface world and like that the land monsters aren't everything that we think that they are, and and there's a lot of like you know funny comparisons to the Little Mermaid. But I think what made this this unique. Is that um, it? The the wanting to seek adventure together just for the sake of it, being the sort of driving plot of the film, and then the parents wanting to protect uh, Luca, is just a very simple but sweet story, and they 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 don't try to pat it or make it or, or overplay it or try to make anything too scary or raise the stakes too much. I just loved the simplicity. I, I, I just fit, we, Savannah and I finished that one hour, 40 minute movie, which is also nice that it wasn't really long, which I actually appreciated. Um, and it was, and we just finished it like, Oh, that was so sweet. It was such a feel good experience.
0: Yeah. There was no sea witches in this one the The worst villain was was like the town bully. Yeah, <laughs> you know that type of situation. So. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I guess the most intense thing in the the that the movie is kind of driving towards is the is the bike race, and and that's about as like intense as it gets.
0: Um, yeah, right. And it, I think there was a, you know, part of the story or message of the movie is accepting people for yes. who they are. Right. Mm-hmm yeah and so there was some of that intensity of like they didn't want to get found out because they're in this town and it's in the tr- it's in the trailer but you know they're in this town where people like the one of the main commodities is fish they're all eating fish yeah and then these these guys are coming out of the water um and so i think that they're they're concerned that if they're found out that they'll be killed i mean i guess that's yeah. the underlying you know in, in, in like mm-hmm. what they're insinuating so you know, it, they never really get that dark with it, but there's definitely that kind of um, fear yeah. for, for our main characters.
1: For sure, for sure, yeah, uh, it's it's adorable, um, and and you need to watch it if you haven't. It. It's on Disney Plus. It's free, not even the premiere access for Disney Plus. So uh, go watch it. It was a great time. Um, and then you, you mentioned Monsters at Work. I know that just premiered, but I haven't seen it yet.
0: There's yeah, actually, one. my son popped it on today i didn't even know I, I had seen ads for it and knew it was coming soon but i had forgotten yeah. that it was i think maybe today was when it premiered yeah um so the first two episodes are on disney plus right now <sighs> mm. and he started watching it while i was working from home and then i quickly stopped working <laughs> and started paying <laughs> attention because i was like because nice. i i really enjoy monsters inc the first one i did not really enjoy monsters university yeah. And so I thought maybe this would be more kind of like more of the same when it comes to Monsters University. And I was pleasantly surprised that it was it was very well done. Um, you know, some a lot the same characters that we would expect, new characters being introduced. Is Funny. it still
1: um John Goodman and Billy Crystal?
0: I believe so. If not, it's very good they're, voice they're real close. <laughs> mimicking. But no, I believe it is still them.
1: Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's awesome. I'll have to, I'll definitely check it. Out. I actually enjoyed both quite a bit. I remember I only saw it the one time in in theaters, but I remember liking uh, Monsters University at the time. Um, but yeah, that going back talk talk early Pixar. That's that's some of the the origins of it. But yeah, no, that's that's awesome. So uh, yeah, quick take on some of the recent Disney Plus stuff. Uh, Loki, I know that's been out. I've seen like the first episode and a half. It sucked me in, not a lot uh i definitely i'm not done with it but i've only gotten made it into like the the first two episodes so it's it's definitely i'm interested mostly in the uh of all things, I expected Loki to be the most compelling part, but so far it's um. Oh, what's his face's character? I'm so terrible with names.
0: Wow. M- mo- yeah.
1: M- so, M- Mobius.
0: That's that's his name.
1: Yeah, Mobius. Owen Wilson. Yeah. Owen Wilson. Can't, can't
0: go wrong with the good Owen Wilson.
1: Flick. No, but with the short hair, I was, I was so used to his. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's grown up. Yeah, yeah. He's he's grown up. He's now he looks he looks his age now. They I think a lot of his earlier roles they kinda have him with the longer shaggy hair and he, he tends to look younger than he really is, but yeah. Yeah, he's starting to look his age. But yeah. um But you actually know- You know, Wandavision took me about three episodes.
1: That's true. It took a little bit to get into, and then we—I ended up loving it. Savannah loved. She loves Wandavision. It's her favorite thing, I think, in the entire MCU. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and so Loki has not surpassed Wandavision yet for me. I've watched. I'm caught up on Loki. Actually, other than yesterday, or is it yeah today's episode? Okay. I haven't watched yet, but other than that, I'm caught up, Mm -hmm. and it's not quite better than Wandavision yet. But it's getting there, and it's definitely it definitely gets better after a few episodes. So I would say stick with it for sure. Okay. There's some twists that you're not expecting, that kind of stuff, um, some cool reveals. So yeah, I would say definitely stick with
1: it. Okay. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll, I'll continue through. I was just so impressed with what Wandavision did, which is they they Wandavision didn't do what um, Agents of Shield did, which is just be a crappier stepchild of the MCU. <laughs> Right, a low budget, a low budget or low rent version of what Kevin Feige was doing on the big screen. And, and not, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people who who love that show, but but for me, it, the characters weren't compelling, and everything felt watered down compared to what we'd already seen on the silver screen. WandaVision took a left turn to do what you could only do in a television series like that, and it was bold, it was wacky, it was really really well written, and the characters are really well done, and and. And empathetic, but completely different than they were on the big screen. So I I love WandaVision honestly was a it has been a triumph. For, it's probably it's been the best show I think Disney Plus has done easily. Um but Better uh, than Mandalorian.
0: I oh, I yeah. would say Mandalorian's better, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I agree. It was a huge step up from what Marvel was doing previously with mm-hmm. television. And I think Marvel knows that, and that's kind of where they they originally had the idea that stuff like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Daredevil and other shows yeah. like that were going to be part of the canon. Yeah. And then they kind of reversed that and said, you know what? Yeah, mm. those didn't quite turn out as good as we hoped. And so those are no longer part of canon. And then the stuff that we're put on Disney Plus is going to be and is so much more connected to the films. Yes. Um, I mean, like Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, those oh, are two true. major, you know, characters um you know and one of them you know being captain america like it's just a big thing that i feel like you're gonna have to know at least know what's going on in these shows if not watch them to get the next movies Mm -hmm. that are coming out to like for it all to come together
1: yeah that's true that's true and the the mcu finally returns to the big i know this is not a marvel podcast but it does finally return to the big screen with uh, black widow this weekend which i'm pretty excited about
0: it will be cool to get back into a theater mm-hmm. to watch a marvel movie that will that's yeah. i feel like that's a it's a milestone for yeah. for the pandemic right for, oh, yeah. for coming out of the pandemic is is getting back into a theater seat and and watching for a marvel the movie the sole purpose of watching a marvel movie amen
1: amen amen well let me let me uh, jump through i know we've, we're we're pretty far into the episode i won't um jump into too egregious, nitty-gritty detail uh, for my for my Disney trip. Sometimes I feel on the podcast, like, I know a lot of you guys listening um, probably enjoy and, and want to hear our commentary on the news and what's going on in the world of Disney and the parks and the movies and, like, some discussion there. And sometimes I feel like with with us and even some of the Disney podcasts I'll listen to sometimes, it can be a little... Um, self-gratifying to just like talk about your trip to the park it's sort of like when you want to show the entire extended family at the family reunion all 742 pictures from your vacation and you're stuck in the slideshow and you don't want to be rude like that's what i feel like the podcast version is so what i'm going to try to do is avoid that and jump through a few key takeaways that from my most recent time at the parks um so how's that sound Aaron? and i think i think that's fair i'm going to shoot for it if i start droning on cut me off all
0: right you know I won't cut you off, but I'll just tell you about it later. Uh, the, I'm excited to hear, though, because I've never done Disney World at, at for the fourth holiday. Yes, uh, in fact. I've been there for other holidays, you know, on or around other holidays, but I've never been there in that kind of 4th of July time period. I've never seen the 4th of July show, fireworks, mm-hmm. all that stuff, and I think you got to do some of that stuff, right? We,
1: we did. Uh, in fact, July 3rd was the day we had the reservation. But we actually ended up also going on the fourth. There's a, and I'll get to that. But the biggest takeaway currently was the recent change from our our last trip was, which was earlier this year. I want to say February. Um, it, it was uh, the social distancing is is gone. In fact, I could see a lot all of the rides where there's maybe a little bit of the <laughs> some shreds of the old uh, please stand here signs that have been torn away. It's not a Can thing. Can you
0: see like where they peeled up the? Oh yeah. The yeah. stickers. You mm-hmm. can see where the the sun didn't fade there. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, so
1: the remnants of those uh, those like rectangular green and white striped stickers that they had on the ground. The um, Florida
0: sun and rain will take care of that quickly.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but there was no social distancing uh, remaining, and it, with the and uh, 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 no mask wear at all except transportation. They actually still required on the monorail specifically. They required masks. Um, oh, and the gondolas of all things. So if you wanted to take, uh, the gondolas or the, or the other, but for the barge, um, to magic kingdom, you did not. Although I guess so that's kind of The Skyliner you had to wear? Yep, Skyliner. They're and mixing
0: people again? It's not your own car?
1: Correct. Although okay. we never ended up with other people because it was we never went at a time when it was busy enough to do that. So um, we did ride the Skyliner though. But yeah, we went to Hollywood Studios uh, July 3rd, uh, the day before, with the intent of uh, park hopping over to Magic Kingdom and catching the fireworks show. Um, and what we ended up doing, uh, observation number two, is our our sort of grand tour over the course of two days, really of all the rides that uh, I've never been on that, because they're not good. (laughs) They're never the ones that everybody wants to go to. Everyone always wants to do the flagship rides. You want to do the mountains you want to do, you know, I don't know the, the, the Tower of Terror, The Haunted Mansion, or Pirates of the Caribbean, all the classics. And all of those I've done a bajillion times. But this time, we were just there to kind of chill. So we sort of made it a thing to just go to anything that we'd never been to before, uh, which included um, a brand new short. I, I, well, I say brand new. It was new since I'd last been to Hollywood Studios a few months ago, and maybe I just missed it. But it's uh, called Vacation Fun. It's an original animated short with Mickey and Minnie. It's showing at... Um, at Hollywood Studios in a little theater there across from Echo Lake. Um, and it's it's kind of adorable. We had a great time. And it's classic it, animation what, style.
0: What's the, uh, is it in the style of the Runaway Railway yes, animation? Yes, it is. And in fact, uh, okay.
1: exactly the same and kind of ties in with Runaway Railway. They kind of have some... not not It's not like directly tied in story-wise, but there's a few references to it, which are cute. Um, but it's just a really cute a uh, little disney cartoon in, in the small theater that you can take your kids and it'll be a good relaxing time. So, thumbs up. I also went into Walt One Man's Dream at Hollywood Studios. We didn't I didn't catch the documentary that shows there, but we did the full walk through and it's incredible. I had no idea it was there. It's huge. Um, but it has it's all super of
0: super cool, yeah. I, I agree. That's I, one where I guess, it's a great I guess place you, to beat the heat too.
1: Yeah, you. I guess I just wasn't aware of everything that was there. It was all the the some of the original models or replicas of the models of the parks that you see. You know, some of those old documentaries and TV specials, and um, just kind of a journey through the the parks. And it reminded me of what There's this huge model of of Batu that I think it's the same one, or certainly to the same scale of one that they showed at D twenty three when they first unveiled. The design for Batu, um, so it was really cool to see that. Um, I loved it. A um, couple other quick hits that I would never done: Mickey's Philharmagic. I texted you when we were going, in, and you're like, "Oh boy, have fun!" <laughs> I thought it was funny. I thought, it was, yeah, it's it was fun, it's pretty it's cute. Fun. It's
0: dated. It's uh, very that's dated. One. They did announce they're updating. They're gonna. They're gonna add. I don't think they're doing a full overhaul, but they're adding a Coco uh, scene.
1: Yes, which I guess I saw is, that.
0: Notable because it'll be the first, the first time that they've done like a collaborative, you know, thing between Disney Animation and Pixar Animation in the same, mm-hmm. in the same uh, show.
1: Yes, yes, no, I totally, I, I think that's really cool, and and like I said, it, it's cute, but it is very dated. It's some um, the the most creep, not creepy, it felt creepy. I don't want to. I want to be that guy, but it felt creepy the The whole 3d animated versions of the classic Disney scenes and, and, um, songs. So like where uh, essentially the plot is if you've never been on, on, if you've never seen Mickey's Magic, it's basically, um, Donald duck rolling through various Disney films and showing up, uh, in 3d with the orchestra, uh, playing music. And it's just like, and hijinks ensue. And that's, that's the thing it's, It's not a lot, (laughs) but there is definitely this weird moment of this sort of the it's, it almost seems like early Pixar, like toy story one level animation, but where they made 3d animation of particularly the little mermaid and Aladdin. Um, and they have the completely three dimensional versions of the Disney princesses. And it just, it's, it was weird to see it in 3d animation. I don't know. It was, something was off.
0: (laughs) No, it's definitely dated. And, it's also another example of, of Donald not getting his respect because it's literally a Donald show, but they call it Mickey's Philor Magic <laughs> That's for <true>. the branding, which <laughs> <situation. laughs>
1: you know. um, And then, of course, with the the viral video recently of uh, that went viral on TikTok. I don't know if you saw this, Aaron, of Ariel's um, straying left eye. <laughs> um i had it, not it, seen that it's, it's apropos because a lot of people were joking about it the the animatronic in the little mermaid ride ariel's undersea adventure um w- went haywire and so of course it may uh, we i'd never happened to go on it and it was there's no wait time so we went and did the middle mermaid ride and it was really cute it was really well done i didn't realize how recent it was it only opened in 2011 so it hasn't been in magic kingdom that long um which is pretty yeah cool. it's
0: a it's a good one i like it it's got a lot of a lot of color, a lot of music. Um, yeah, I, yeah. And it's that movie is one of the better movies in my opinion when it comes to music yes. and just being nostalgic for me because that was one of the first Disney movies I watched yeah. as a kid. So yeah, I love oh, yeah. just kind of sitting through that ride.
1: It's it's a classic for a reason, and and like honestly, the it's some really nice memories because for for us, it's Savannah's favorite Disney princess is Ariel. Um, you know, the red hair thing, it's a thing, but also. Um, it, one of our first dates ever, when we were first dating, was going out to the Dallas Symphony Orchestra, and they did the Little Mermaid live. Um, so like the, the they played the whole movie, and the symphony you know played along as they went. It was it was a lot of fun and really nice memories. So you know, Little Mermaid has a special place for us too. So it was really cool to see that. And and I, they're and I'm,
0: doing a Little Mermaid, uh, the Broadway show is coming to Philly. What? Uh, this this winter no i think i might try to check it out because i have not seen that one dude you got to do it you got to do it yeah um
1: and then i'll round it out we went we finally did navi river journey (laughs) um
0: also pretty cool right
1: really well well done but here's what was missing so the cutting edge of animatronic technology lighting effects for a ride through on par with some other recent ride through uh that they've done like um the the frozen ride at epcot there's they've really upped their game with the immersion the best part of the ride uh, i'll immediately highlight is the use of sound design i just noticed some really unique three-dimensional sound a lot of work that went into it of course i'm a, I'm a sound nerd anyway but I like to notice how they re- used the some of the caves through the ride through to to use the echoing effect to the sort of ghostly music that you associate with uh the navi and with the avatar i i loved the sound design that was my favorite part honestly um the probably weakness is i was surprised there's really no immersion element when it comes to a story so like the little mermaid ride it kind of takes you through the story of the film or mickey and minnie's uh runaway railway there's kind of a there's a story that you participate in that you're actually kind of a part of and it the navi river journey is very much just a sort of observational experience Um, And so I think that's where it falls a little bit short, which I can definitely see why it's the sort of uh, stepchild to flight of passage. Um, But it's still like an incredible, incredible experience, both like I say from the sound design and and the visual elements and how, how far imagineering has come since, you know, the days of uh, pirates of the Caribbean. Um, Yeah. yeah. it,
0: It ups the game as far, like exactly all the things you said, as far as the design of it, 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 I guess I could see where you're coming from without there being a story, but I, I think it is meant to be kind of like a scientific type of thing and yes. not necessarily like, you know, it's not like you're going through Peter Pan or Winnie the Pooh type of ride where there's some sort of a story that you can relate it to. Um, but yeah, I can see where you're coming from.
1: Yeah. I like, I think even Flight of Passage, I love how they sort of really lead you into the experience of, no, you are you know, going through this scientific journey and becoming one with the, the avatar
0: dragons. (laughs) Did they have the, the kind of big animatronic? Yes. The centerpiece. Yeah. That was working. Yes. I couldn't remember if they had that back up the last time I wrote it, it was just, that was not there. And they were Uh, just doing some sort of a digital projection for that part.
1: Oh no, it's, it was back. And that, that is honestly the, the triumph It looks incredibly realistic.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be the most detailed I think the most detailed animatronic that they currently have, although maybe that maybe maybe some stuff on Rise of the Resistance has has uh, you know, unseated it, but that's yeah. what I thought.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I I think um that that covers the sort of quick hits on the rides. Um I'll finish us out by Oh, I uh, I almost forgot. I rolled right past it in the notes. But um we, we did a, a DVC tour of the Riviera, actually. Uh, and we got to, like, eat there. We, we had lunch there at, at the pastry shop, which was awesome. And then we the, um, uh, kind of, like, got the full on... Not the full pitch, but we did a tour of the various rooms that they have, including my favorites, which are the small tower suites, which are pretty small rooms with a... Um, hideaway bed it's just for two hideaway queen size bed um but the a really nice kind of tower window view and it feels kind of like you're staying in a the terrace of a castle Uh, that was definitely the coolest design but we got the opportunity to tour the riviera and kind of uh discuss dvc i know we've already talked about it sort of ad nauseum in previous podcast episodes Aaron, to circle back we we ran, uh, I ran, I did this thing where I ran some numbers, which I know you did on the last time we <laughs> talked about this. As and, and as much as I, we we love the idea and actually love the benefits of DVC and the idea of staying at the resorts and how expensive that is over time. But the thing that kills it and that made us decide not to go that direction um, to, to buy in, even, and we were looking at it to do like, Like, about two years from now, because we are going to try to, like, be responsible adults and save up for it over time. But having said that, even then, I ran the numbers on the uh, annual fees, and that's where it kills you. Um, Because if if it were just the price to to buy in, even though it's an enormously high price the The annual fees over time, while it will, you know, "quote unquote" pay for itself if you stay each year, versus if you would have stayed it um the the normal way, I I it barely it actually it is not a huge is it's not that huge of a financial difference over time, <laughs> and so I I that that's where we 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 kind of decided against it. We might down the road do one of the things where we will you know rent some DVC points or like. Do um do one of the contracts that's like not uh, not direct but like a resale something like that where we could maybe stay at some, some of the resorts a few times as a special experience and we definitely want to do that in the future but like it just it just didn't be- make financial sense after after looking at it um, so there you go Aaron I hope you feel vindicated don't gloat too much
0: <laughs> no uh, I won't I just <laughs> I it's a fair conclusion to come to but <laughs>
1: you, you are know, right. In that everyone's agree.
0: situation's different, so sure, yeah, sure, plenty um, of people that do it. You know, more power to you if yeah. that's if that's what works for you.
1: Well, and if you really want to stay at a really deluxe resort many times per year, and you have the money to shell out the the kind of points to do that, that huge level buy-in, the discounts a lot more. But like for me in Savannah, that's just not the case. So, it does if you're if you're looking at, it, I don't mean to crap on it and you're right, like, it's different for different people. But there you go. That's the little update on the DBC tour. Riviera, never been before. It's right off the Skyliner, so convenient to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. It would be an amazing place to stay. Um and that's why yeah. if, as far as resorts that Savannah and I would be interested in, um not just for DBC but just at staying at in the future. Um, the way Riviera is such a nice premium resort, but it's not magic kingdom so that if you, if your parks like ours are like our favorite parks are, um, Epcot and, um, Hollywood studios. So if you want to just have that convenience of waltzing out of the resort and then hopping on the Skyliner, it's, it's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, that's that is definitely a draw, the Skyliner, mm. and you know, and we were talking about going to the the race in in October, and or November, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I was looking at maybe staying at a Disney resort because I was thinking, you know, it might be fun. We're only going to stay for a few nights, so yeah. you know, it would be more affordable that way. Yeah. And so I priced it out. I actually talked to a travel agent that works with Disney, you know, trying to see what we could even get cheaper park tickets if we did it that way. Hmm. And I priced it out. And then I did it without going to a Disney resort and staying at a Disney hotel, like one of the Disney friend hotels or whatever they call yeah, it Yeah, at the Disney Springs area, a nice hotel. Um, and it was $600 cheaper. Mm. To stay at the hotel across the street from Disney Springs than it would have been to stay at Caribbean Beach, which would have the Skyliner. Yeah, and I just couldn't justify it, like spending <laughs> six hundred bucks just to be able to hop on the Skyliner. You know, it just yeah. couldn't justify. it.
1: No, so. it's 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 a tough one, but I I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It it is. Um it is a premium experience. And I think so, sometimes the resorts do some pretty good sales and promotions depending on the time of year. So, like, the our future where we would like to take advantage of and, and stay at the nicer resorts, um, you know, as we progress through our life where that becomes more financially, you know, tenable, like, that's a thing that we want to do. But, um, yeah, like I said, it is a big uh, <laughs> it is a big expense. So, there you go. I, I, I've... I feel like I did an okay job. I would grade myself at a B plus of my Disney day, Uh, but I'm about to to lower that grade because I have one more thing I have to talk about. Uh, And that is (laughs) Happily Ever After. Now, Aaron,
0: you're a big fireworks person, I feel like. Right. I didn't used to be when I oh. but I mm-hmm. I will say I am now when Disney has upped their game mm. with the projections yep. and adding all of that stuff that they've 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 won me over and I have become a fireworks person at Disney.
1: Which is I guess a fairly recent thing. I was googling it. Happily ever after, which is the first uh um sustained uh, Magic Kingdom show that incorporated projections. Um, only debuted in twenty seventeen. It wasn't that long ago.
0: Right? Yeah. Um, I, I remember seeing, uh, I forget what it was called previous to that. Yeah. But yeah, I remember pretty vividly watching that show and it wasn't that long ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, but uh, for me, um, i have only seen it in the parks one time before, but it became kind of an instant classic. It and the Dis- I think it's Happily Ever After is the Disneyland one version. Um, similar, but with their own distinct things, but it's just a sort of, I would best describe these fireworks shows and projection shows as, as flexing the muscle of the cultural impact and relevance that, that Disney's had. And, and, and that is to say that they showcase all of the most classic favorite characters, moments, and songs, in, and then, of course, with an incredible fireworks show, projections, and, and, and really, really great music. So there's not a lot to say about the fireworks show other than that. I think that's basically like it's amazing i I'm, I'm raving about it. but of course, the return that was the biggest selling point was the return of the fireworks show that's why we decided to spring for it and go. We're like, you know what we're going to go 4th of July weekend it just it'll have just opened and we'll be a part of the return to fireworks because in my mind and here's 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 my my problem this is where i this is where I fell short as a Well, as a husband, mostly. Um, And that is, in my mind, um, the return of fireworks was sort of this signifying moment of a return to normal. It's the biggest Disney element in the park that's been missing uh, during the pandemic and the pandemic recovery that we've been going through. And so not only did it represent that, but Happily Ever After is something that, like um, when the parks were closed and... um, when I miss going to the parks, I always love playing like ambient music on YouTube from the parks. And then I would, I would really enjoy, sometimes I would just queue up some of the YouTube videos um, of of these shows. Like Disney Parks actually put up like official, really well done, great sound, great video quality of these shows so that you could just fire them up and watch them from home during the pandemic. And that was kind of a part of my Disney fandom during COVID. So it sort of represented this big moment that I that I wanted, which is why nine or 10 hours into the day when it started raining cats and dogs about three hours out. I mean, it'd been raining on and off all day. We were drenched. We had a good time, but we were drenched on, on, on Saturday the the, the third. And so there came to a point, I I won't, I won't, uh, I won't air dirty laundry too much other than to say that like, I definitely lost sight of the purpose of the trip being like, us having a good time together, going back to the parks. And I sort of built, a, I became Aaron. And this is, I was thinking about it the next day. I was thinking like, I, I have to tell you about this because you and I have this sort of, um I think, unspoken pact and understanding about our Disney fandom in that we're the chill people, right? We're not the people who go crazy berserk, who are the super nerds who let it like, who who incorporate the Disney experience into our lives and as a part of the experience with our families, with our spouses, in your case, with your kids. It's like this this great experience that we want to be a part of our lives, not something that we want to be an all-consuming, crazy fandom. That's kind of the best way I can describe one reason, I, the way I think we click together and the way we view Disney fandom.
0: Even and, going to Disney, like we're not rope drop no, cool. no, no. We're no. not, you know, we're not the diehards in that way by any means. We're, we're, we're kind of, yeah, yeah you're right. Chill. I think we're it's casual. what makes,
1: we, we love yeah. it. We enjoy it, but we, we are chill about it. That's the best word I can think of, which is why I think this podcast is unique from a lot of Disney podcasts, but I became that which I hate that day because in my mind, I let it build up to this like incredible finale to the evening of seeing happily ever after. We had the reservation for that day and that day only we were miserable, drenched, and Savannah was having a horrible time. And uh, we ended up making the call, like, we, we can't do this for three more hours. We, we might kill each other. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. But we, it, we, we made the call and we rolled home. We, we, got, we got the heck out of Dodge after, we, after eating some soggy corn dogs from Casey's Corner. and then that's that's where our day ended and i was just i was i was very dejected and you know savannah's the sweetest ever and she's like later that evening she's like hey look and see if there's reservations we're gonna go i don't care if we don't go to the parks at all the next day other than just because that the next day was the big cookout the time with family she's like we're just going to go see the fireworks show in the evening. And I wasn't the one who suggested it. She was, and she's awesome because she did. And I looked and, and magic kingdom was sold out, but we had park hoppers and there were still day of, uh, reservations for all three other parks, which I was shocked. Um, so we snagged animal kingdom, uh, reservation and, And we went the next day late afternoon after all the family stuff wrapped up. Like I said, we didn't, we didn't need to do rope drop. We didn't try to get all of our money's worth quote unquote for that reservation, that ticket day. We just went, um, and it went to the fireworks show on Sunday, July 4th, which ended up being really cool because there was no rain. The weather was great. It cooled off from the previous day and we got to see the really cool 4th of July, um, uh, add-ins to the to the happily ever after show, which was just some really cool lighting at the end of the night that they lit up the the whole park with the various red, white, and blue, and the castle had the American flag, and it was it was it was beautiful. It was awesome. We were well rested and not drenched and grumpy, and so it was it was totally worth it. So just take a le- ladies and gents, take a lesson from me, and just like when you find yourself you know, getting into a frenzy, whether or not it's like, Oh, I spent all this money. I've got to be here all day or the kids are screaming, but we have to still make our dinner reservation. You know, like when you let, (laughs) when you let yourself get too sucked into the, it's not, it's not fun anymore. And so it was a a lesson I had to relearn the hard way, (laughs) but it ended up working out fine. And I have to say like happily ever after, because that specific show and soundtrack it sounds kind of cheesy, but it it's come to mean something to me through through COVID and I had found myself looking forward to seeing that show again in person and I really wanted to see it before they they before it dies before they introduce the new show at the 50th anniversary. So, I'm so glad I finally got to see it one last time with Savannah in person and it was very meaningful that she was the one who uh uh sit, you know, cleared us to be like, nope, let's go back and and <laughs> give this one another try.
0: That's awesome. Man. It's a unique experience. Uh, getting to go to the parks on an actual holiday. Yeah, you know, it's hard. It is hard to get into those, you know, parks and super crowded. And you know, I've only able been been able to do that once. At mm. um, we did, you know, Mickey's Not So Scary on Halloween Day. And yeah. So that was kind of cool. But you know, that's something that is something about being there on the actual holiday versus just being there around the holiday. Yeah, is is pretty cool experience at Disney. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I had a great time. I had a great time. Uh, Aaron, I think on that note, that's where we got to wrap this episode of the Mouse Castle podcast. You know, I'm playing it here. But uh, if you go to the Disney Parks YouTube channel, you'll find it right there. The Happily Ever After show. 6 million views and it was actually posted on April 24th right at the beginning of all of the pandemic. So it is I, it's a significant moment and it was something that we got to uh, experience and I mean the crowd the energy of the crowd was really high. Oh, I forgot Aaron. <laughs> the kids. The kids were crazy. They were the best and worst part. There are all these kids around us. Who were having a, a horrible time in the hour they were waiting for the show because we lined up an hour before. Uh, but we were right in the sort of uh, the center of the, the wheel spoke, so we had a great viewing spot. But, man, there was I turned around at one point. There were these three siblings, and one of them, they were in a double stroller, and, and the, like, nine-year-old girl, eight- or nine-year-old girl, was just, like, wailing on her little sibling who's, like, six, little brother. And they were just like screaming at each other. And we're like, what are we doing? What is
0: happening? At They've a, probably been there since Rope Drop. That's they probably drop have
1: point. been there since Rope Drop. Exactly. Uh, but I of course, you better believe friends. once, um, of all things Moana, Moana was the significant moment. That's where every single kid in the audience started just screaming, see the light where the sky meets the sea, it calls me. And it's just like all the kids screaming completely out of tune. But it was like, it was really sweet. It was really cool to see. <laughs> uh, uh, but there it is happily ever after uh mr aaron goins let's wrap up the show uh tell everybody where they can find you on uh social media and uh, the internet, and maybe plug some other current podcasting projects that you've got working
0: uh you can find me on twitter at ab i'm also on instagram and uh my other podcasts that i've got going on right now star wars bookworms uh we're we're getting through the high republic stuff so if you're into star wars and you like the high republic literature we've been talking about that a lot and um bad wolf radio we had been kind of on a hiatus because there wasn't a lot of doctor who stuff going on but we just released an episode where we're reviewing some of the classic doctor stuff oh um, nice second doctor so if you're into doctor who check out bad wolf radio
1: Bad Wolf Radio. Yeah, and, and for everything on this podcast episode, make sure you go mouseandcastlepodcast.com and check out the show notes for this episode, episode 57. Also, the notes on your uh, podcast app of choice will show up right there, links to everything we've talked about today, including our social media. You can find us at mouseandcastle on Twitter, facebook.com slash mousecastlepodcast. And... um. Hey, you can check out... I've got a, a substack. It's been a while, but I'll probably be doing an update on this most recent Disney trip and posting some pictures to it. So uh, check it out, rileywrites.substack.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y, rileywrites.substack.com. Uh, that's the best place to keep up, but you can also follow me on Instagram, at the guy. That's a good spot to keep up with what I'm up to. Until next time, guys. You know, I'm trying to remember it's a it's a little awkward to do this but uh i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna rewind to the very beginning of happily ever after because i'm not gonna lie i got a little little choked up when i heard the words that play right at the beginning of the um of the show so i'm just gonna close out the podcast with that well said I can't say any better in that until next time guys thanks for listening to the podcast we'll catch you on the other side But they had jordan fisher actually at the grand reopening i think he like yeah, spoke for a that. second yeah that's pretty cool
0: my favorite part has always been the uh, when they get into i can go the distance with the hercules oh yeah i love that part that's for whatever reason well, the, when it gets to that part of the fireworks that's when it's like it's at the peak for me
1: it is and they do that really incredible reorchestration so they take a, a, a what's already a great song and 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 put it in a completely different context for, like, the finale of a fireworks show and do it so well. There it is. Yes. Yeah, They're gonna, like, the full choir.
0: Yeah, listen to that. That's amazing.
1: Come on, come on, come on guys!
0: I want to go now. What, let's look, is there uh, any availability tomorrow? I don't
1: know. Well, I was surprised that, that like a the day uh, a day before, night before a reservation. Yeah, I, I did not crazy, expect
0: especially it, especially at that that weekend.
1: Yeah, I think they really must have opened up those um, reservations a lot.
0: <laughs> no more. Yeah, I think no more. I think
1: they're just. I think they're going to keep it. By the way, I think they're just going to keep reservations. They'll still go back to full capacity, but just to like predict crowds and kind of get an idea there's no way you don't want that data now that people are used to doing it anyway come on yeah it makes sense yeah
0: and you can change it that's the thing like i I yeah. was afraid that you know you make your reservation and then you're kind of locked in but yeah. i've you know even the last time i went to disney i ended up switching a day out like I, we were going to go to one park one day but then we flipped.